All right, we're live. Welcome back to Talk with the Army. I'm your co-host, Delilah. And I'm your co-host, Daisy. And today's episode of Talk with Army is going to be surrounding, you know, the discourse that's been happening with J-Hope's upcoming album. We we had the pre-release more, which was amazing. Okay, before we get into, because, you know, this is going to be kind of a negative episode. I'm going to put it right off the bat. Um, mm. armies have, I don't know what we've been up to lately, but we're not liking it and we're going to go into that. But before we do that, let's, let's just talk about some positive things. More is amazing. <laughs> it slaps. It's a banger guys. I don't, I don't think, I don't think I expected to like it this much. I mean, I like BTS's music like all the time. Of course, there really hasn't ever been a song where I'm like, this is completely like not it. But like more just really did something it. for me. It's <laughs> just so good the way that you know he really mixed together rap and punk rock together, and then just made this amazing fusion. Oh my god! When the guitar hit in the chorus, oh, I was headbanging. Best believe. And it's it's still so conceptually Hobie. Like this doesn't like to me. This didn't feel like it wasn't a song that. Hobie would make uh like his right. style and like his uh like the types of flow um he makes when he raps like I felt like this was still uh him and to see him you know do a genre like this and knock it out of the park I mean I'm obsessed and and also the it's a pretty like actually decently um long song because we've been having this trend in pop music where like everything has to be under three minutes or it's sometimes it's like two minutes and 40 seconds um, for like just for streaming purposes because you know you only got 24 hours a day the shorter the song the more streams that's just like mm. how the math maths right um, but like this this is this was it's like I think it's a little bit over three minutes yeah it is and it doesn't um, so feel that's... like it at all yeah, it doesn't really feel like it was over three minutes. Those were like the quickest three minutes I have ever gone through. Um, the song is just so good. I've been streaming it all the time. Uh, I've been diving into different playlists that people have done, which was like super great. So I'm just really, really looking forward to the rest of the album. We just recently got the track list as well. So we're getting 10 whole tracks on this album, which is amazing. I'm just really looking forward to next week when the whole thing finally drops. So, um, yeah, now that we've talked about, uh, the positives, let's get into, uh, the reason why, uh, we're making this episode. So, uh, for context, um, cause I feel like we couldn't really start this episode off without context because some people may not be on Twitter. Some people may not be within the discourse. So, um, let's just get into it. So, the thing is, with Hobie's new album, Jack in the Box, uh, it's a little bit different compared to other album releases that BTS have done. 
So what is different about this one is that there is actually no physical CD in the physical. There's going to be like a physical and it's going to have like a, a QR code in place of the CD where you can scan it and then it'll take you to listen to the album on, I believe, Weaver's albums, which is like a completely like different app on your phone. And then um, like this, um, this means that because there's no physical CD, it means that the physical sales of that thing will not count towards Billboard 200. And um, people may be wondering why there's no CD inside the physical. And um, there has been a lot of speculation as to like what the reason was. And actually a lot of K armies were talking about it before we actually got the reason. Um, and they ended up being spot on. So what actually happened is that um, it's just been a, an increasing problem in South Korea for people to buy physicals either just for the photo cards or to increase their chances of getting into fan signs. And then after they've basically bought the physical albums in bulk, they will then trash the CDs after. Like this isn't just like a BTS exclusive problem. This happens for like all sorts of different K-pop groups where they will bulk buy albums and then if they don't give it away, they'll trash it. And it's just really bad environmentally. And I have a thread here from this account, which is TMI K-pop. Some of you who are on Twitter may be familiar with this account. But basically, they had um, given some excerpts from a couple of Naver articles about the situation. Um, so I'm just going to read that for you guys now, and then we'll talk a little bit about it. So um, at the what this thread is saying is it says a couple different articles about K-pop and sustainability. As you may or may not know, there's growing criticism against the entertainment industry for the wasteful environmental practices centered around the mass buying of albums to set records and to fan signs collect photo cards. A few, a few excerpts from this article. Entertainment companies include photo cards randomly in albums, which encourages fans to buy dozens or hundreds of albums in order to obtain the photo of a desired member. No wonder it's called gambling with photo cards. According to Korea's custom stats, album exports in 2021 were 31% higher than 2020. While album sales have increased, the fact that the albums are not used for their original purpose but are immediately abandoned is an emerging environmental problem. Domestic and international fans keep only the photo cards enclosed in the album or as a tool to win entry into a fan sign. The albums are bought in bulk and then trashed. K-pop is becoming a vicious cycle of environmental destruction. The above article and then others linked below talk about the different strategies of the companies. Uh, JYP, first entertainment company to implement the KRRE 100, a campaign for companies to fund 100% of a company's energy through renewable resources, also contributing money to Love Earth. And Hybe appointed new board member Lee Mi Kyung, CEO of Green Fund, first woman outside director for CEO for the company in March. Uh, director Lee is a representative of an NGO and ESG expert and was a member of the Carbon Neutrality Commission. Hybe plans to establish a complete ESG strategy under her guidance and release BTS member J-Hope's album without a CD and only a QR code, card holder, and photo cards. And, you know, this is just like kind of listing off what all these companies are doing to take steps towards more environmentally friendly practices uh, that don't revolve around like trashing albums, blah, blah, blah. And so the whole reason behind this was that because of this emerging environmental problem with people trashing CDs, the current solution now for Hybe, at the very least, is to um, replace the physical CDs in the um, album box with a QR code that you can scan to go and listen to the album digitally. 
And I pretty much understood the reason why they were doing this pretty well. But then there were a lot of people who were actually misunderstanding the reason why they were doing this. Like, for example, a quote tweet on, um, you know, what Hive was doing. Somebody said, so the problem is photo cards and their solution is to stop selling physical CDs so that people will stop buying them only for the photo cards. So these new releases are photo cards only along with limited pre-order gifts, which are also photo cards. Make it make sense. OMFG LMAO. And this got like almost 4,000 likes. And I'm like, did you miss completely miss the point as to why like they're doing this? Like the problem was not the photo cards. The problem was the CDs and that people were trashing the CDs. So they're like, well, if people are trashing the CDs, let's not put CDs into the physical so that people who are buying for the photo cards will still get their photo cards and will still be able to listen to the album, but they're not going to be trashing the CDs like before because photo cards are biodegradable, CDs are not. That's just a basic fact. And so by removing the CD aspect, there's going to be a lot less environmental damage compared to before when people were buying the physical albums, but then not using the CDs and most likely trashing them afterwards. But some people just weren't getting it. I don't know why. Also, I think it's absolutely laughable that for the past few years, K-pop stands and armies have been joking all the time about how, oh, I'm paying $30 for a photo card. Um, I'm paying, you know, $35 just for a poster and a photo card because, you know, I don't even listen to the CD. Um, and all of a sudden, now they're like, oh, I see people are buying, you know, albums for photo cards and they're not using the physical CD, they're just streaming on like whatever streaming service there is. So let's just give them the photo card. Um, and now all of a sudden people um, are pretending like that logic uh, doesn't make sense. And, I'm, and I follow the logic. It makes perfect yeah. sense. I mean, I will support some counterclaims. Um, mm -hmm. there, are, there is the claim that, okay, they're doing this for the environment and for environmental reasons. But then at the beginning of the year when Hive had their press conference, they were talking about doing NFTs. And then right. you look at, you know, you know, TXT and then Hypen um, and, you know, partially 17. I mean, they're not a big hit group, but they are a Hive group. Um, they have loads of um album versions and content and like they're still you know doing all of this so like why what 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 is the reason to like start doing it now and if they're really committed to you know the no cd thing then they should start doing it for all of their artists and like that i kind of get so yeah for me to be honest i i don't know if it truly is for environmental reasons, but I will say, I don't care what the reason is. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, yeah, we can be disappointed. Um, it would have been a nice to have a CD and whatnot, and it does suck that, you know, it's not gonna count for the charts, but is, but is it really worth the outrage? Yeah, I feel like a, a lot of times, like, the way that people are getting upset about this it just kind of doesn't like i i just don't know where all of this like anger and negativity came from because i mean yes well i do think it's kind of weird that they're just doing this with um you know j-hope's album and like not other artists even though they have like albums with way more versions than bts 
Although what I'm going to assume for now um, is that this is kind of like a starting phase and that maybe if this ends up working well, then they're going to expand this to other artists. So I'm just, I, I feel like this is probably just like their starting phase and, you know, who better to test it on than, you know, the biggest group in the world. Obviously, from a business perspective, that kind of makes sense. Um, and... But then I can also understand the other side of it where people are like, okay, but like get rid of the NFTs though if you're really about that environmentally friendly life. And yes, I know that there are some ways to have like carbon neutral emission with NFTs. Although as we said in our um, episode on the high briefing, I would rather have no emission rather than neutral emission, you know? So um, I think that, you know, for the time being, I'm just going to keep waiting until more information is released about this kind of thing and to see if any other artists are also going to have this being done. And um, while I do agree with the comparison for TXD, it kind of doesn't make that much sense for Seventeen when people compare like their album versions with like BTS versions and blah, blah, blah. Because Seventeen, even though they're under HYBE, they're still under Pletus. And, you know, the way that the acquisition worked is that Pletus is still like independent so they can still manage 17 the way that they want um hype pretty much just serves as their wallet at this point so when people are like oh why aren't they doing this with 17 it's like well you should ask pletus that exactly um and like what you were saying with we'll have to see what they do for other artists in the future if they are committed to this or not and that's the thing we have to wait and see you know when this was announced i was like this, this, this is kind of weird. It kind of sucks, but, like, I kind of get it. It's kind of a, it might be a cool concept, you know, to receive, like, a box um, with the with, with Hobie in it. It's literally Jack in the Box. Um, mm. But I said that that's kind of weird, but okay, whatever. And then I moved on. And then I went on Twitter, and people did not just, people did not do what I did. They were angry they were claiming that this was straight up sabotage and saying that by purposely not making it so it will count for the billboard 200 that uh this this is sabotaging his uh first official solo album and it, it's like it's like people have just been ignoring what BTS have been saying the past few weeks. They don't care. And sure, that doesn't mean armies have to stop caring. We should still care about BTS achieving things, and we should still care that, you know, BTS receives, receives their flowers, basically. But when Hobie was talking about the release of his solo album, uh during the festive dinner, which once again, it's clear people didn't watch it. <laughs> Please go watch it. He said, quote, while I was preparing for this, I wanted our music to be more accessible for our Korean fans. When we, when we released our mixtapes, it was hard to access them from Korean platforms, so this could help boost the platforms. End quote. So, Hobie was probably, you know, thinking about uh, how this can be more accessible to fans at home because he's a Korean artist with a, with, and, and lives in Korea and works in Korea. So it, it, it would be kind of weird to just completely abandon 
uh, the Korean fan base to focus on international success when they've already received that international success. Um, so, like, I think trying to achieve that international success, I don't know what I'm saying, I think, you know, for them, it was really stressful. Um, having to navigate an environment where they clearly were not welcome and constantly having to outdo themselves every single time to prove that they're worthy of standing on a global stage. And it, was, and it wasn't fair to BTS. It's still not fair and it'll never be fair. So this is probably a time for them to just probably not care as much about that anymore. Um, so since he is concerned with making this content accessible to Korean fans, it makes sense that he probably knows that it's not going to count for the Billboard 200, but also he probably doesn't care. Like, is, is that like, is that somehow an unfair assumption to make? That perhaps he knows this isn't going to count for the charts, but he himself just doesn't care? Because this pattern of just assuming that he is, you know, being told to release things in a certain way that he doesn't approve of is getting ridiculous. Exactly. And we're going to get to that a little bit later. Because, um, you know, when we talk about this kind of thing, um, I it just baffles me how some people want to act like he doesn't know about how charts work, how charts operate. You'd think that after almost 10 years of him being in this career that like he'd know about the music charts, the rules and blah, blah, blah. Of course they do. You know, to assume that they don't is kind of undermining their intelligence, honestly, because they've been in this too long for people to assume that, oh, maybe he doesn't know. Come on, like be serious. And so, you know, when he was talking about in the festive dinner about how important it was that they make this accessible for Korean platforms, that seemed to be their main uh, concern in terms of accessibility, in terms of platforms and whatever. And the fact that they weren't mentioning the American charts at all uh, kind of makes it weird that armies are kind of putting so much focus on it right now, because that's not even something that they had mentioned during the Festa dinner. I mean, when they were talking about releasing their solo work as official albums this time, um, not only were they uh, talking about the accessibility um, that Korean fans will now have to it, but they were also talking about how it was an important time for them to really um, work on refining their own individual colors because, as Namjoon was saying during the Festa dinner, people will see BTS and know them as a group, but there aren't as many people who will see them as individuals and know who they are. And so by being able to release these official albums, they'll be able to really show more sides of themselves in a way that they weren't doing before um, and on a bigger scale than what they were doing before. And so that was really like the whole crux behind why they were doing this. They wanted to be able to work on their individual projects so that they can be able to um, further define their identities as individuals so that when they come back, they can be even stronger and they'll be able to put what they have learned through this experience into practice. And so when people, it just, it doesn't make sense how people were able to watch that whole hour long video. And then now that they have started with, you know, Hobie's uh, promotions with his 
uh, pre-release single and all that kind of stuff and people are worried about the American charts it's like well you're worried about things that are completely like off topic from what was actually said during the festive dinner so it's like what did you actually take away from that conversation exactly what 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 did you take away it's like it went in one ear and just out the other there was no comprehension whatsoever um and it not only is it disappointing from daisy and i's perspective to you know see this outrage from armies but more specifically it's disappointing to see it from older armies and we're, we're gonna talk about why so first of all let's get into why a lot of this outrage is a little unwarranted i mean we talked about it a little bit but now we're really gonna delve into it um we dealt without physical albums before just fine when d2 was announced uh first of all d2 we had like what like a week's preparation or something like, we weren't yeah. supposed to be that prepared because Apple Music accidentally, well, I don't know if accidentally is the word to use, but basically Apple Music spoiled it um, and, <laughs> and uh, kind of uh, by changing his profile and everything on Apple Music, it basically kind of spoiled what was supposed to be more of a surprise release. And the countdown to all that was still exciting. Um, if, you, if you weren't here in the summer of 2020, it, it was a really fun time. Um, but June 2020 is when that came out, and D2, sorry, excuse me, D2 debuted on the Billboard 200 charts at number 11. So it was in the top 20, almost top 10, and that was just a simple mixtape, no physical album, and no promotions. And then Rachwata... The title for that was number 76 on the Hot 100. Once again, no promotions, no physical, no physical album. And I, I, I think back to those times where we also had, you know, no preparation for that. And it still did immensely well. And even less preparation is when Mono came out in fall of 2018. RM literally just like he was... At, at whatever concert they were at and was like, yeah, mixtape's coming out. And then like the next day he posted the track list and it was coming out in like two, three days. And we had absolutely no time to prepare and think about charts and goals. I mean, obviously people did that, but it's way less preparation than what we have for like official albums or even for uh, Jack in the Box currently. And Mono debuted number 26 on the Billboard 200 back in 2018. And once again, there was no album, uh, there was no physical album, there was no, um, there was no, like, not even, like, a pre-release single. Uh, and, and, and we did fine. We did fine. Um, if we- And if mind we... you, like, <laughs> mind you, this was before Spotify was ever available in Korea. Oh, you're right. That's true. That was before Spotify was even in Korea. So, like, we made do with way less than before. And now there's this huge issue now. Like, what are we going to do without albums for the um, Hot 200, Hot, Hot 100, um, Billboard 200? What are we going to do now? And it's like, we're just well, we going to have did. to do what we always did. Um, I think it is, on, on our part, it would be a bit 
ingenuous to assume that billboard rules are like the same now as they were back then, right? Like, right. it probably still is going to be harder to chart, but at, at this point, it, it's so exhausting having to continuously fight with Billboard and YouTube every single comeback, whether it be for a group comeback or a solo comeback. It's, I, I want us to honestly, we need to just learn that sometimes we can only do what we can with the means we have. And, and that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Unfortunately, it sucks, but we have to accept that and just go with it instead of continuously fighting each other and continuously telling people, oh, you're not streaming enough. You're not, you know, how dare you um, be listening on Spotify and using playlists instead of looping a YouTube music video. Because... <laughs> <laughs> We saw, we saw a lot of weird stuff on Twitter, okay? How dare you be playing in the song that BTS created for armies to enjoy instead of listening to more on YouTube. Um, and, yeah, as you can see, a lot of the arguments, we were not having it. Um, so, like, all these people have just been, like, arguing and saying, you know, we're not doing enough, when really it's just, you know, YouTube's rules kind of suck now. Like, you can't even be on a different tab when watching a video. And that's how most people listen to music on YouTube, because if I'm at work doing something, um, why, why would I have the YouTube video up and watching it? Like, you, YouTube music is specifically for doing stuff in the background. That's what most music is for. Exactly. So, when it comes to the whole you know, discussion on the timeline about are we doing enough streaming? I feel like so much of it over the past few weeks has just been so accusatory. And, you know, it makes me really disappointed to like see like all this negativity so close to releases. Like people will like not even let a song marinate for 24 hours before they start putting the blame game on somebody before they start playing the blame game and it's like like for example like when Mord had just recently dropped people were already like armies are not doing enough on youtube they're saying oh why are you using playlists you should be watching the music video when we all know that youtube has uh already made some weird rules about their filtration rate not even just the fact that like you can't open another tab but also like when you're on mobile you can't use the um multi-tab function where basically you can have like two apps open at once and use the say like two apps at the same time uh and i think it was something about like low quality um streams as well something about like the resolution rate on music videos that also played a part in like filtration rate there's just like a lot of extra things that they added that just make it really really annoying for us to be able to um, actually rack up views the way that we used to. And the most annoying thing I see on the timeline is people trying to compare things like Proof's release or Moore's release with 
uh, the views that we got for Butter when it was a completely different set of rules that we were operating by. So to assume that we can just do Butter numbers again after the rules have changed, it's just incredibly unrealistic and then just setting us up for failure because then when we understandably don't reach that goal, then suddenly people are mad at armies again because we're not doing enough. And then like that whole thing about in the Psalm, and I was saying this before in my uh, main account, how people were really using like in the Psalm as some kind of scapegoat to blame armies for not doing enough as if armies can't stream and listen to, and like play in the Psalm at the same time. Like people were saying, oh, you guys would rather play a silly game than to stream more but it's like people are like have you never done both before like have you never played a game on an app and had a song that you're listening to in the background it's not hard to do it's like literally some of the easiest forms of streaming being able to stream while doing something else that's pretty much what we do because like we have talked about in previous episodes a lot of armies are in school, in working, like they're working, they're doing all this stuff during the day. They're busy people because we're people, like we have things to do. So a lot of times you will see that armies will go for playlists so that at least when they're getting something done, they're still streaming at the same time and it ends up being a win-win situation for everybody involved. So it was kind of weird to see people now bashing that type of streaming and saying that we're not putting enough effort into YouTube or that we're not streaming enough without ever considering that some people just may not be in the position to just be like watching a music video um, or the fact that playlists are still a very useful way to stream. And it just seemed like people were just trying to bash like any form of streaming that just wasn't watching the music video, which I did not understand. I don't know where those types of people came from. And now it's just really, really messed with the morale on the timeline because all it is is these people saying, you're not doing enough, you're not doing enough, you're not doing enough. And when has that ever garnered a positive response from anybody? Like just constantly telling people you need to do more, you're not doing enough. It's it's very, very uh, de like it, it really just brings the motivation down and also i feel like it's really going to cause a lot of burnout for fans if you continue to push this idea that we're not streaming enough and even though people are trying the best that they can that they still need to do more i mean i think we even talked about it in our last episode about how bts is not the only people who are burnt out a lot of armies are burnt out from how we've been expected to constantly be breaking records that we've set um even after there have been rule changes on the charts and stuff like that and so when things don't go our way it can be so easy for people to point fingers and say oh you guys are flopping but like a lot of times it's just things that are completely out of our control and there's nothing that we can do about it and so I feel like with this whole attitude that's just been on the timeline, it's just been really like, incredibly stressful. I have not been on the timeline um, as much as I used to be for new releases, um, just because of the fact that like sometimes the negativity is just ridiculous. Not only is it so overwhelming, I it it I wonder just how you know I can kind of maybe understand. Um, that maybe newer armies, pandemic armies, you know, they weren't, they aren't exactly aware of truly how much we were able to do in the past with so little. Um, but like for older armies who were there, you were there when Mono was released, you were there when D2 was released and there earlier than that. Why, why are, why are you, um, all of a sudden 
succumbing to this negative rhetoric that armies just aren't doing enough. Um, especially when, we, you know, we can't pride ourselves as a fandom of, you know, working adults, but then, you know, criticize that armies aren't streaming all day on a Friday when people are working. Like, you, like we can't, we are having so many contradictions and we need to flesh it out. And I know that a lot of these contradictions are happening because people are thinking emotionally and they're not thinking critically. And, you know, nothing is wrong with thinking emotionally, but in the process, you, you can't, you know, completely uh, infantilize Hobie and completely, you know, just diminish the work that armies have been doing. Like, the, like, those are two of the biggest issues that's been going on. And the fact that people have just done full, I've seen full 180s in personality over this release. And it is, it's honestly scary. Like, I don't know who on my timeline next is going to suddenly turn out to be, honestly, a full manty. Because the rhetoric I'm seeing is ridiculous. And it, it just makes people sound crazy. And I don't think they realize how crazy they sound. Yeah. And it's just been weird to see the discourse just do complete 180 since proof. Because um, we probably have talked about this in um, some of our most recent episodes, but just the fact that like when proof dropped and then the tracklist dropped and then we were uh, we were told that for CD three of proof, um, pretty much every song except for youth was going to be uh, a physical exclusive only. So there was going to be CD three was pretty much just like all hidden tracks except for one. And then, you know, a lot of people were mad. They're like, oh, so we have to buy the album in order to listen to the demos. That's not fair. Not everybody has a CD player or not everyone can afford the album just to listen to the demos. And, you know, we did have a conversation about that and, you know, how hidden tracks are not a new thing for BTS albums. But then also um, that was what people were saying when Proof came out. And that was what literally last month. But now this month, now that Jack in the Box is coming out and it's been like announced that there's going to be no physical CD in the box, people are now complaining because it's like, oh, why would you remove CDs? You know, what's the point in buying the physical if there's going to be no CDs? Oh, are we just buying photo cards now? And it's like, I thought y'all didn't want CDs, but now that Jack in the Box is coming out, you want CDs. And so... I understand that there may be a difference between the people who didn't want the CDs back then and people who want the CDs now, but there must be some overlap because I'm just confused as to what people want right now. Um, and I, I just don't get like what like what the end goal is supposed to be. Like, what is the solution for all of this? Because first it's that you don't want CDs and now that and we don't have CDs, now you want them. And so if we bring them back, like what what what's going to be like, I just don't get it basically is what I'm trying to say. And um, a big thing that we talked about with this whole issue is that people keep on going to Hybe and saying, oh, Hybe, I can't believe you're doing this. Oh, Hybe, this was such a stupid decision. Hybe this, Hybe that. And what I noticed from all of that is that all of this outrage seems to be operating under the assumption that Hobie did not agree to remove the CDs from the physical. And so I guess from that, that kind of goes into our next section, 
where we kind of wanted to talk about this army Manti solo intersect that we're kind of seeing on the timeline right now. Uh, yeah, um, the amount of armies that are suddenly taking their frustrations out on Hive and like demanding they bring back the physical CDs, like, first of all, I better not see you clogging up the corporate email over something as petty as this. And it is petty. I don't care. You can at me. I don't care. It's petty. Um, you can be upset and you can dislike it, but that doesn't mean you be demanding and you be completely childish over it. Um, you can not get what you want and you can be upset at not getting what you want, but that doesn't give you an excuse to be entitled. And that's what's happening. Um, the fact that people are just saying there's no way that Hobie could have decided this and, you know, those who think Hobie had to say just don't understand how contracts work or don't understand what it's like to work um, in, like, a corporate, you know, environment. And, like, that's that's not true. I don't think you know how it works to work in a corporate environment. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I don't currently work in, like, what is considered, like, corporate, but I do work uh, in a team. And a lot of people uh, work in, you know, teams too. And even a lot of times they'll ask like interns what what their ideas are. Um, and, right. and, and so this like assumption that there was a big meeting going over the album, going over, you know, the promotion schedules and going over what, what is going to be released and when. And the assumption that he wasn't present for any of that is absolutely insane. Like, of course he would have had to be present for that. Like, that makes no sense. Um, so to just this condescending attitude of, oh, if you genuinely think Hobie had to say that you just don't understand what it's like to, you know, work in a company. Like, we're not going to do that. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> Especially given how much of the fandom is over the age of 18. So there is, like, so the majority of the fandom do have jobs. Majority yeah. of the fandom are in companies where they do operate under a contract that they have signed. So for people to be like, oh, you just don't know how companies work, when a lot of the people they're talking to at the timeline are part of some form of company, like, let's not get it twisted. Like, to act like somehow being in this like being in a career means that like there are things that you just have like absolutely zero autonomy over that you will never ever be like privy to certain information i just don't get it maybe if the information has nothing to do with you or your department that you're working in okay fine maybe you can make that assumption but this is literally like directly related to hobie like this is literally his album it's his promotion it's his physicals. Why do you think he would not be present at those meetings? And if that's what you think, you need to analyze why you think that way. Because I just don't get how you could ever look at somebody who is 10 years into the career and think that there's no way that he could have possibly been informed about the rollout of his own album. Like, I, I just don't get how someone could ever come to that conclusion. Especially after, like, if anyone has ever read, like, the Harvard study done on Big Hit and, you know, they had talked about how when they when BTS were renewing their contracts, how they had said, okay, we'll give you another seven years, but just make sure that the contract reflects all of the achievements that we have gotten in the past seven years before the renewal. 
And so if BTS's contracts somehow weren't good before, best believe that they're good now because obviously Big Hit has had to take into account all of the things that BTS have done in their first seven years. And so their new contracts probably reflect, you know, things that they may have not been able to have in their first contract. So for some people to act like their renewal of the contracts, like they somehow got like the shorter end of the stick after the renewal, it's like, were you even reading anything that has come out about that? Or have you listened to anything that BTS have been saying? And it really just, it's giving Manti, honestly. It's giving Manti, it's giving Solo Stan. And I just don't get where this attitude came from, especially coming from people who I had been following, people who I'd been mutuals with for the past uh, couple of months or couple of years. And now, like, you go on the timeline and they're saying stuff that I would expect, like, a Manti or a Solo Stan to say. Like, that really shocked me. Like, I had to follow some people after the release of, you know, the single and, you know, after the release of, like, the announcement regarding the physicals. There's just been so much uh like weird stuff going on in the timeline and it's been really disappointing me and luckily there are people who are speaking out against these rhetorics on the timeline i've gathered a few tweets myself here um one of them uh uh here i'm gonna read it what they say word for word they say some of you uh do actually not want bangtan to do whatever they want because you want them to do and follow the path in the exact moves you plan for them in your own head you're the same as the loser solos, only in purple clothing. You pretend you want them to have freedom and all the choices there is to walk any path they want, but the minute they stray from the path you want to see them on, you lash out and deny any agency and autonomy the guys have. And uh, there's another tweet here that says, I don't know who said it on here, but it not it a crazy coincidence that everything you like is the member's decision and everything you hate is the company's decision? So crazy. And uh, I'll even include something that I tweeted myself where I said, and it's crazy because the Tanya's autonomy and musical integrity only comes into question when it's something they don't like. BTS do something quote unquote good and BTS get praised. BTS do something quote unquote bad and suddenly their label must have put them up to it. And are they artists with a large amount of autonomy in their careers or are they nothing more than puppets of their label? Pick one, both narratives cannot coexist because these people never want to say how they really feel and are hiding behind nonsensical arguments. They end up falling back on Manti rhetoric, perp uh, perpetuating inaccurate stereotypes of BTS and their autonomy we have literally spent years trying to undo. So I'm glad that I see people fighting back, but the fact that like there were hit tweets based off of literal Manti rhetoric a few days before, like it shocked me that like people who I was mutuals with were contributing to those hit tweets. Honestly, the the... The biggest issue right now is the fact that, yeah, people are speaking up about it, but if you look at the engagement and you look at the retweets and the likes, it's just, it's not as great as the Manti rhetoric and those tweets that were going around. And that's, that's where the problem is. It, it feels like people who are trying to speak sensibly about this it's just it's just not getting the attention it deserves yeah and a lot of times these people who do speak out on these issues end up getting called company stands they end up getting called uh high bootlickers like 
people just really go straight to assuming that somebody only cares about the company or puts the company before BTS if they bring even a sliver of nuance into the conversation. And it frustrates me because people are really just like so reactive to the news that like any type of thing that disagrees, like any type of idea that disagrees with them, they just go straight to calling it company stand behavior, not really picking apart what they're saying and trying to really understand the discussion that they're trying to have. And because of this, I feel like the timeline has just become incredibly volatile. And that's the main reason why Delilah and I have just not been as active on our mains as we usually are, because just looking at all these tweets day to day, just really, it's really not good. It's, it's um, just so saddening um, to see the way that people are treating this release. And because of all the negativity on the timeline, it makes it difficult to enjoy what is being put out because people are just so ready to pretty much like pop a vein or like pop a casket at, at, at all these little things that maybe will not even end up impacting us all that much at all, or maybe things that people have completely taken out of context and blown out of proportion. And it's like, it's gone to the point where I feel like some people are just genuinely not looking to enjoy the releases right now. Because what we should be doing right now is we should be streaming and we should be talking about the music and we should be, you know, talking about the music video, the cinematography, any theories that people might have. And I feel like just because of the discussion that's been going around on the timeline, that's just been, I've just been seeing those types of things less and less. And I feel like because of the emphasis that people have put on charting um, on American charts, that that has ended up taking up the majority of the space on the timeline where people are so dead set on finding a way to make the physical count towards American charts that they didn't even consider that maybe that wasn't even the goal for these releases. I mean, given the fact that, as we said, you know, the American charts weren't even something that BTS had even vaguely mentioned during their festive dinner or any time after, like, is that even what they're thinking about right now? Most likely not. And even if it was something that they had in mind for people to act like, oh, Hobie must be so angry right now, or like, I can't believe that Big Hit put Hobie up to this. Like, again, what makes you think that Hobie didn't suggest or at least agree to this decision of having no physical CDs in the album? And so because of that, I mean, I guess that kind of segues into our next section where we basically just wanted to talk about the dangers of doing this now and what that's going to, like, how that's going to set us up for a very dangerous future. Right. So as soon as I saw all of this happening on the timeline, you know, like a week ago, I was telling Daisy that the timeline is going to become very ugly, uglier than it is right now. If every single solo album released by the members is not packaged and promoted identically. Because every single release is going to be seen as, oh, well, why did they do this for Hobie's release but not for Jimin's? Or why did Jimin get this and Taehyung solo didn't get this? And, like, it, it, it's, going to, it's going to be just fuel for solos and mantis and the fact that people are not able to just predict that right now it's quite concerning i think people need to understand 
that the BTS members themselves are involved in how the album is going to roll out. And if some things roll out differently here and there, maybe it's because they said no to something. Maybe one of the members goes on a show and another member doesn't. It's because the member didn't want to go on that show. Like, it's sometimes the solution, the answer for why is simply so, like, what I said, simple. Um, it, it, it simply <laughs> just is. Um, and the fact that people are already complaining about, you know, promotion right now for Jack in the Box when, what promotion? The album is not out yet. Heck that, uh, uh, American Radio DJ. There, like, there's a, there, there's no promotion because the album has not happened that's that that you know once the album comes out then he's going to be doing a whole bunch of different content most likely um more is just a pre-release to build up hype toward the actual release that's how literally every single promotion cycle for pretty much every single artist ever has worked um you can dislike the packaging but that's what it is it's packaging um and it starts and ends there and if you're upset that, you know, it's not going to count for the Billboard 200, you can be upset. But that needs to, once again, stop and end there. Like, we cannot be continually fighting every single comeback. Um, it's not sustainable. Like, we really need to take a step back, see the narratives that are going around, and see how they can become potential problems in the future. Because that's what we didn't do for solos. We said, oh, if we just, you know, ignore solos, block them, you know, just ignore them. And me and Daisy had that mindset too before. And you can listen to our episode on it. That was our mindset. But now we see that all that did was give them an environment to just grow and grow. And now they're getting hit tweets with thousands of likes all the time. And people aren't correcting them. That's going to be a whole nother episode, but I mean, that's what I'm talking about. When we need to see what's happening now and see how, if we don't fix it and correct it, it's just going to be worse. Exactly. I feel like a lot of people right now are not realizing just how much of their rhetoric is lining up with Mantis and Solos. And that's why I was talking about earlier, that intersection where... Mm -hmm. Now, people who we've been mutuals with for months or for years are now regurgitating the same things that we call mantis and solos out for on, the, on a regular basis. And it's not good. And if we keep doing this, then we're going to be doing nothing but giving mantis and solos a platforms and a more like an even bigger platform than they have now. And that's just going to do nothing but cause disaster. It's going to cause chaos. And we've seen from previous, uh, you know, incidents with solo stands, how they just constantly love to spread negativity and also victimize the members, infantilize them and act like they somehow know nothing about their own career, know nothing about themselves, and that somehow solo stands know better than them. And somehow, like, anything that they do that does not line up with what the fandom agrees with is somehow... Uh, some sort of weird plan that Hype has forced upon to the member and that they didn't agree to it. Like, do people not see how they're sounding right now? And the way that they constantly call people who disagree with them bootleggers of the company, that's exactly what solo stands call us. That's exactly what all these problematic K-pop stands call us for simply just 
injecting any form of reason into the conversation. And the more that people continue to fight with each other, you know, the less, uh, you know, the less coordinated we're going to be for future comebacks. I mean, already we're trying to push big accounts, like big chart accounts and like big statistic accounts to come up with comeback goals so that we're not relying on like cards made by solo stands and stuff like that, because that was like a huge problem before as like when people would get a hit tweet and then suddenly like link playlists or whatever, or link comeback goals at the bottom of their tweet, they were made by solo stands and we don't want to promote them. It's kind of really just contradictory for us to be calling out solo stands and then under hit tweets, you're linking stuff made by them. Like that's, that's stupid. And so, you know, already we're trying to push for, um, us to, for, for the fandom to make more things so that nobody is relying on solo stands in the future, because now that BTS are officially releasing these albums as individuals, we're going to see a lot more solo stand behavior on the timeline. And if we're not all, all on the same page in getting rid of them and getting rid of their rhetoric and their narratives, then I feel like this fandom is just going to end up imploding by the end of the year. And that's not what we want. Um, I feel like why, like, the way that we're going now is just really creating a safe space for Mantis and Solos to coexist with armies and spread misinformation within the fandom. And we all know how hard it is to correct misinformation on Twitter because the way that Twitter works, as we've said before, it is nothing but an echo chamber. And being able to correct information is just, it's just unrealistic. It's downright impossible. Because, you know, once a tweet has taken off to be able to correct it, I mean, it's going to be incredibly hard, first of all, to get the same amount of traction for the correction as you do for the original misinformation. And then just the response that you're going to get from people who already believe the misinformation and are not going to listen to you. Like, it's already so difficult as is. And so, you know, continuing to foster such an environment where they can continue to do that, it's not good. And, you know, with the added negativity on the timeline, um, you know, a really unfortunate thing is that for people who are here just to enjoy like the standing experience and to enjoy like the timeline on releases are going to see all this negativity and they're not going to want to be here because, you know, if there's going to be all this extra emphasis on, oh, this is Hive's fault or, oh, how are we supposed to chart this? And just all these things that like really do not need to take up so much space in the conversation. Um, you know, having to see all that and seeing all this negativity, a lot of people are just going to bounce. And then suddenly the people who are going to be left are going to be the people who are doing nothing but spreading negativity. And we don't want that either. So I feel like what we need to do now, um, you know, is just really take steps to try and minimize whatever negativity is on the timeline right now. Because if this is how it is, for Hobie's release, if we don't do something, it's going to be like this pretty much the entire year, maybe even up until next year. And who knows uh, if it even go beyond that, because if we're acting like this with just their solo releases, what's the next um, group comeback going to be like? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I just, there, there's, so much emphasis on you know the charting and goals and how are we going to do that i feel like people are stressing themselves out stressing other people out making people feel bad there's there, people are no longer just enjoying the music itself and having fun which is why i think it really made me mad that people have the audacity to um complain that armies were playing in the sum 
when they should have been um, streaming. When, first of all, everyone was streaming as they were playing in the song because you can play Spotify in the background. We already talked about that. Um, but, you know, it's a game that, like, people made. And, honestly, all the tweets about in the song were, like, the best part of, like, the past week, in my opinion. Um, because everyone's just having fun. It feels light. We're not taking things too seriously. And it's enjoyable. And if we want to have, um, an enjoyable atmosphere, we, we, we can't be criticizing each other all the time for not doing enough. Exactly. I feel like in the sum, like, tweets have been the highlight of the past week or so because I feel like once everybody starts playing in the sum, like, every, like, the timeline just gets more tolerable because everyone's just talking about how cute the members are in the sum or talking about the levels that they're playing or, like, what, you know, how they're decorating their island, so... I feel like the In The Psalm tweets, like, keep them up because at this point, I feel like In The Psalm is the only thing that is holding this fandom together because the way that the attitudes have just been on the timeline, I feel like we all need to play the game, even just a little bit because there's just so much negativity going around and I feel like In The Psalm is the only place where we can truly relax, which actually was the whole point of the game. That's why BTS made it, so I'm glad it's doing its purpose, but I wish that you know, we were a lot more, um, I wish there was just like a lot more positivity. I wish a lot of people just weren't so dead set on blaming others and trying to make this, you know, time where we should be celebrating the release of, um, Hobie's new song, A Living Hell. I mean, I just don't get why anyone would want to be doing this and trying to lower the morale and just lower positivity on the timeline. I feel like all of this is just completely unnecessary and there are ways to talk about things that we appreciate or not appreciate or agree with or don't agree with without it going to such polarizing lengths the way that it is on Twitter. And, you know, I've, you know, we've said this before, it is okay to not like the way that something is being promoted. It is okay if you don't like a specific song. It is okay to just like not like specific things. That's fine. But the way that people are reacting so negatively, it's like as if they expect BTS to just constantly do stuff that always lines up with what they agree with. Like some people are so furious right now at the fact that they don't like the way that this physical album is being promoted. They don't like the fact that there's no CD but, like, instead of just saying, oh, I don't like the way that they're doing this and then moving on, like, it's almost like as if their entire world is is falling apart. And it's so weird to me. And that just goes to show you that some people really expect to be standing BTS and they expect BTS to just completely line up with everything that they agree with. And that's just so unrealistic because there's not a single person on this planet who I ever fully agree with or whose beliefs I fully line up with. There's just nobody like that. Not even my own friends, not even my own family. And so for people to expect that for BTS, it's like you're setting yourself up. Exactly. Um, we, we just need to just, I feel like, I don't want to say do what we've been doing before because it's not working. Um, <laughs> we need to continue just calling out Solos and Mandy's with proof of receipts saying that video is out of context. 
I'm posting the video right here and you can see that that is not what they said or that's not what they meant. Um, it's especially weird how people take screen caps of BTS saying something while laughing or there is clear sarcasm in their voice, but you can't hear that in a screen cap, in a screen cap. So like you're just seeing a picture and not realizing what isn't isn't a joke. Um, and people are just going with it, even though something was said clearly sarcastically, they didn't mean it, but they don't care about that. They just care about, you know, their whole victim narrative. And currently, armies are kind of perpetuating that with Hobie right now, and it needs to stop. So let's just, you know, analyze more critically. You know, we, we don't have to always have a strong opinion about something before we even understand what exactly is happening. I saw people say that, oh, well, you know, it's not fair that um, someone, I saw people saying it's not fair that Jack in the Box isn't going to be, you know, we should at least be able to go buy it at Target or whatever. But in, the, you can. But in the announcement, like the original, hi, this is Big Hit announcement about the album, it literally said it is going to be available at local retailers so clearly people aren't reading they're not and if they're not reading everything they're not getting the full context if you're not getting the full context you're not going to comprehend what's going on so we just need to make sure that we are you know being like when we are being critical it's coming from a place of understanding first because it, you can't have proper discourse uh, between people when their knowledge on the subject is going to be entirely different because you're not going to reach an amicable conclusion. You just won't. Um, and then also stop holding BTS and armies to this, these standards. Like the fact that, you know, if BTS doesn't get number one, on the Hot 100, it means their career is flopping. When most American artists dream about getting a number one on the Hot 100, and we've done it multiple times. <laughs> like, right. Like, the fact that BTS continuously has to outdo themselves, outperform themselves on the charts to be seen as, to be seen as worthy of standing on a global stage is absolutely ridiculous. People, you're, you're just falling into the narratives by other K-pop stands that, like, make fun of BTS if they don't chart in the number one when their person they stand can't even chart in the top 100 on Melon. Um, it's Ooh. like, <laughs> oops, sorry. <laughs> but it, it, it's like you're, you're, you don't need to keep playing games with these people. Um, clearly it was stressful for BTS. Probably a bit stressful for armies having to figure out what is and isn't the right way to um the right way to chart and stream and bts knows they know that we too have you know struggled because they know that we've sent cupcakes and flowers to radio djs pleading them to play bts songs bts are aware of the things we've done and i think bts know that we've done our best just like how they have done their best and i think that bts wants us to be a time for all of us to not be so pent up um, 
as we've been these past few years. It's This is a time for not just for BTS to recuperate, but for us to recuperate as well. And based on, you know, what's been happening on the timeline, it's clearly needed. Oh, absolutely. Because the way that we've been going, of course, it's, it was going to get to a point where also armies burn out and these past few years trying to constantly master the rules of the charts and trying to figure out the best ways to um, give BTS the achievements they deserve. It's gone to a point where it's just becoming so incredibly frustrating having to just adapt for every single comeback. And, you know, especially with this most recent one, the way that they've changed the rules for YouTube and the way that they've changed them for Billboard and people are still using, and people are still expecting us to pull numbers um, that we were making before the rules ever changed. Like, again, all these unrealistic goals are setting people up for failure. And because of the fact that we don't meet those goals, then it gives people fuel to start blaming uh, U.S. and uh, Puerto Rican armies and saying that we're not doing enough when we are literally trying to do the best that we can with the rules that have been implemented. But sometimes, you know, it may take more than one comeback for us to figure it out. I mean, they literally just changed recently. And even though they changed the rules pretty drastically, we still ended up with a number 13 single on the Hot 100. So if this is the best that Billboard can do to try and quote unquote shut us out, um, obviously we seem to be on the brink of something. I mean, surely that number 13 has to count for something after this rule change. And so for people to just take it as us not doing enough and not to see the positive side of it and be like, wait, they did all of these rules just to keep armies from charting, but we're still in the top 20. Meanwhile, so many Western artists can't even, couldn't even do top 20 before the rules ever change. So I feel like a lot of times people are just really not looking at the bright side of things and that's preventing us from really, um, you know, being able to appreciate uh, the work that people in the fandom put in. Because what we do, it's not easy. It's really difficult and it requires a lot of effort from armies. It requires money. It requires time. And um, a lot of times people don't want to contextualize goals and try and, you know, make achievements that we can do that are reasonable from, you know, in tangent with the goal, with the rules that have been set. And so because of that, a lot of times, like I said, you'll have people expecting us to pull the same uh, amount of views as butter in 24 hours when clearly YouTube's filtering process is just completely different from the way it was last year. And so... I feel like because of that, we just really need to evaluate our standards, realize that even if we don't get number one, that does not mean that armies are not doing enough or that it's the end of the world or that BTS are flopping, but it means that maybe we just need to figure out the best way to work around the new rules that have been placed. And I guess the last point that we have for this episode is to just Listen to and trust the boys because, again, like we said, a lot of this um, conversation on the timeline is operating under the assumption that J-Hope did not agree to whatever was being done with his physical or like whatever was being done in terms of the promotion of his new music. And so I feel like what people need to do is first off realize that BTS are grown men. Uh, we say this all the time, but we need to repeat it sometimes because some people need to hear it again. BTS are grown men in their early to late 20s. 
they have been in their career for almost 10 years, technically even more than that if you count their trainee years, and for you to assume that they don't know what they're doing or that they're not, um, uh, they, they have absolutely no idea what the company is doing with their music or that they just have basically no autonomy in their career and no say in terms of how things happen is incredibly insulting to them. It's incredibly insulting to their intelligence. And I feel like people really need to step back and realize how terrible that type of rhetoric sounds and how much it goes back to the types of things that we call out mantis and solos for. So if you say that BTS have autonomy in their career, um, actually act like it because the way that some people will say it, but then still act like BTS are being mistreated is just ridiculous. They cannot be both puppets of their company and having full autonomy of their career at the same time. It's either you believe one or the other. And right now we need to be believing that they do have autonomy. So even if you don't like the way that something is being done, that doesn't mean that BTS were forced to do that by their company, or it doesn't mean that BTS were unaware of this happening. I feel like you just need to come to terms with the fact that sometimes BTS may just do things that you don't like. And that doesn't mean that they were being forced to do it by their company. And it doesn't mean that it's something that we need to campaign against. But you just need to come to terms with the fact that even your favorite artists will not always align with everything that you agree with. And that is okay. But to act like this is somehow the biggest problem in mankind right now, it's like, get over yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Like, the, the thing is, is it, you know, it's valid to feel kind of upset and not really agree with the whole album packaging because that's what it comes down to album packaging you don't even know how the album is going to be promoted yet because promotions haven't started um like you're you're valid to feel upset but like this much outrage no you if people are really this upset then they genuinely need to go outside <laughs> like seriously like this you need to think about really why is this making you upset is it really worth your time and energy to be this upset over it when we don't even know exactly what it is going to mean um and just just reflect on that and probably um take some time some genuine time away from the timeline to figure that out Right, and I guess on that note, we can pretty much just finish our episode here. Um, by the time this episode comes out, it's actually going to be uh, exactly a week after uh, Jack in the Box has dropped. So we're, you know, we'll probably see how it's going to be, uh, how the, you know, the promotion of the album is going to be rolled out um, as that time comes. But I'm just hoping that we all just like, relax for a little bit. That's all I'm asking for. Um, and I just hope that armies are ready to give it their best shot. And even though we don't have physical sales to work with, that's fine. That hasn't stopped us before. So we'll just try to do the best that we can with the situation that we're in and we'll see how it goes. But enough of this negativity on the timeline. Let's just like continue to put out positive vibes so we can ensure that you know nobody's feeling like they're being guilt tripped or that they're being berated even though they're doing the best that they can 
I feel like that attitude will get us nowhere. Let's all be encouraging and motivating on the timeline so that we can actually get around to achieving the goals that we want without the extra added stress. Right. Um, I guess how we'll end this off is by saying we're doing, you know, we're doing good so far. I mean, I saw um, how many, you know, streams that we debuted with on the global spotify chart and i i think we're doing pretty good um and i i know that when the when the official music video for the title track releases i can't remember which one is supposed to be the title track um was it arson was it arson um or was it pandora's box i thought it, was was it, it might have been pandora's box just because it's the second track on the album and that's how it goes but who knows maybe they want to switch it up we don't know um i don't think they uh said yet um we'll, we'll figure it out it's probably going to be pandora's box but we'll still see um but i have a feeling that when the title track drops i mean we're going to be even the timeline is going to be better than it is right now and that people are hopefully because we have a whole album to discuss there's going to be less negativity um that's my hope i think everyone is doing pretty good right now and uh just remember to take care of yourself exactly and with that uh we'll just end this episode so thanks for listening um remember you can always add us on twitter um, about your thoughts and yeah we'll stream catch jack in the box <laughs> stream jack in the box all right we'll catch you next time all right bye for now talk with army is written and edited by daisy and delilah who you can find on twitter at naija 329 that is at n-a-i-j-a 329 and adorable trap at a-d-o-r-a-b-1-e-t-r-a-p You can also follow our official podcast Twitter at studio underscore 090713. That's at S-T-U-D-I-O underscore 090713. The thumbnail art was commissioned by Rafa, who can be found on Twitter at RKDraws. That's A-R-E-K-A-Y underscore D-R-A-W-S. Stay tuned for a preview of the next episode. When it comes to things like hiatuses, people just tend to hyper-focus on the negatives rather than the positives because you mean, I mean, in every aspect of media and news in general, people just like drama. People, as much as they say they hate to see negativity, it's what a lot of people live for, especially when it comes to the lives of celebrities. So like Delilah said, it's not going to be people looking at the groups that have, you know, pushed past their hiatuses and are still making music to this day, they're going to be looking at all the One Directions and all the, the, uh, and syncs and all the Fifth Harmonies. They're going to look at all the messiest, uh, split ups and they're going to compare BTS to that and never once think that it's possible that they could stay together and have even a sliver of longevity.